Hello, this is Snegda from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 18th of March. The health minister has said that the number of coronavirus cases in India has risen to 147. This comes a day after the country reported its third death due to the dreadful virus. State authorities, however, confirmed fresh cases in Noida, Pune and Bengaluru. The Indian Army also reported its first case after a 32-year-old soldier came in contact with his father who had returned to India from Iran on February 27 and tested positive for COVID-19. The soldier was quarantined on March 7 and tested positive on March 16. He has been isolated at the same hospital as his father. With schools across several states shut down, the Supreme Court took suo moto cognizance of the non-availability of midday meals and issued notices to state administrations seeking their replies on how children are being taken care of. The Ministry of External Affairs informed the Lok Sabha today that 276 Indians have been infected abroad, including 255 in Iran, 12 in United Arab Emirates, 5 in Italy and 1 each in Hong Kong, Kuwait, Sri Lanka and Rwanda. The global toll has crossed 8,000 with over 2 lakh people infected. China continues to lead the pack with 82,000 cases, followed by Italy at 27,980 and Iran at 16,169. The Drug Controller General of India has given a nod to Roche Diagnostics, a private company, to procure a license to test the COVID-19. They have also received the Food and Drug Administration emergency approval for the coronavirus. Another private company, Biomerix Diagnostics, has also approached the Drug Controller for a license to test for coronavirus. It will take seven days to get approved after officials make an assessment. Yesterday, the Indian Council of Medical Research announced it was ramping up the country's testing capacity to 8,000 samples a day from the current 500. Its Director General Balram Bhargav maintained that there was no evidence of the transmission of the virus in the community. Meanwhile, four passengers who recently returned from Germany with a home quarantine stamp on their hands were asked to deboard from a train at Mumbai's Bandra terminus as co-passengers raised an alarm. The chief public relations officer of Western Railways said that they were headed to Surat and were deboarded from the Garib Rath train in Palghar. They had home quarantine stamp on their hands, but they were still defying the protocol. The state government on Monday had started to mark all those who have been medically advised to self-quarantine with a stamp in indelible ink and the words, and I quote, home quarantine, to ensure that they isolate themselves for 14 days. The ink is the same that is used to mark voters at elections. There are multiple cases of people escaping from quarantine centres as well. Social distancing is the only way we can break the chain. So please take it seriously. The Ministry of Health and Family Welfare too reiterated its importance yesterday, asking individuals to raise the awareness level and follow steps undertaken by the government to contain the dreaded novel coronavirus. Do read Ayan's new report on how Indian states are prepping up to battle the COVID-19 pandemic. Also, do check out his video report from Indira Gandhi International Airport in Delhi, where nearly 500 passengers from Paris and Frankfurt were stranded together for nearly nine hours. To help us bring you more of such reports, do consider subscribing to News Laundry because we are a 100% ad-free news platform. 
We believe that in this age of information and misinformation, the public, that is you, need to pay to keep news free. And that is because when the advertiser pays, the advertiser is served. But when the public pays, the public is served. So go to www.newslaundry.com and click on the subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. Turns out the government has been seeking call data records of all mobile subscribers across several pockets of the country for specific days over the past few months. This unusual request has been routed to telecom operators through the local units of Department of Telecommunications. Records have been sought for consumers in the circles of Delhi, Andhra Pradesh, Haryana, Himachal Pradesh, Jammu and Kashmir, Kerala, Odisha, Madhya Pradesh and Punjab. A senior executive of a telecom operator on the condition of anonymity said that it has been happening for several months now, but during January and February, they started seeing mass requests. This has raised several questions of surveillance and alleged violation of user privacy guidelines mandated by the Supreme Court. On February 12th, the Cellular Operators Association of India, or COAI, which represents all major telecom operators, red-flagged these requests in a complaint to Anshu Parikh, the Secretary of Department of Telecommunications. The COAI, in its note to Prakash, said, and I quote, CDRs, or call data records, sought for specific routes or areas, may lead to allegations of surveillance, especially in a state like Delhi, having numerous VVIP zones, having offices and residences of ministers, MPs, judges, etc. Unquote. According to the Indian Express, in the Delhi circle, with nearly 53 million subscribers, CDRs of consumers were sought by the Department of Telecommunications for February 2nd, 3rd and 4th this year. Strangely enough, protests against the Citizenship Amendment Act were also on around the same time. The campaigning for Delhi elections also ended on February 6th and the polls were held two days later. The Supreme Court has asked the centre to clarify on its intention to release former Jammu and Kashmir Chief Minister Omar Abdullah from detention or it would go ahead with hearing his sister's plea challenging the same. The top court has asked the government to let it know of its intention by next week. The National Conference leader's sister, Sarah Abdullah Pilot, had challenged his detention under the Public Safety Act. The habeas corpus plea demands the physical appearance of Abdullah and the quashing of his detention order. Pilot has said in her petition that the dossier against him contains patently false and ridiculous material, essentially accusing the detainee of becoming a popular figure among general masses and possessing considerable influence over people. In an earlier hearing, the centre had argued that Pilot directly moved to the Supreme Court and never gave a reason as to why she did not approach the Jammu and Kashmir High Court. Solicitor General Tushar Mehta, representing the Jammu and Kashmir administration, had said that Abdullah continued to be a threat to public order. He claimed that the mere presence of the former chief minister would pose an imminent threat of deterioration of maintaining the public order. The government dossier used to charge Abdullah reportedly stated that he had considerable influence and had the ability to draw voters to polling booths. It also stated that he had allegedly tried to provoke people through Twitter against the revocation of the erstwhile state's special status on August 4th, a day before the centre formally announced it in the parliament. However, no tweets were cited to support the accusation. Abdullah's father, former chief minister and national conference chief Farooq Abdullah, was also charged under the PSA on September 17th. It was extended by three months in December. However, he was released last Friday. 
Meanwhile, the mayhem in Madhya Pradesh continues. The Congress has accused the BJP of destroying democracy by muzzle power. Appearing for the Congress, senior advocate Dushant Dave accused the BJP of abducting MLAs and hatching a conspiracy to destabilize the government. Dave sought a deferment of the trust vote called by the BJP till completion of the bipoles, saying that heavens are not going to fall if Congress is allowed to continue till bipoles. He also lashed out at Governor Lalji Tandon for an unconstitutional floor test and middle-of-the-night messages. The BJP hit back by accusing the Congress of stalling a trust vote it could not hope to win and that the party responsible for the mass murder of democracy had no legal right to remain in power. Mukul Ruhadgi, appearing for the BJP, also insisted that the Congress was desperate for power and that the rebel MLAs had not been kidnapped and were on their own. Meanwhile, amidst all this tutu meme, Maninder Singh, the senior advocate for the rebel MLAs, also rubbished the allegations of abduction, saying that all the lawmakers had resigned out of their own free will. Justice D.Y. Chandrachur, who is heading the two-judge bench hearing this matter, said that the issue of resignations would be tested by the Speaker, who was duty-bound to conduct an inquiry. The court was also urged to probe the letters submitted by the BJP leaders claiming it and their actions violated provisions of the constitution and rules regarding submission of such documents. 22 MLAs submitted letters of resignation this month. The resignations, some of which are yet to be accepted, have left Chief Minister Kamal Nath's government on the back foot. The majority mark in the assembly is now 112 after six MLAs resignations were accepted on Saturday. The BJP has 107 seats and the Congress has 108, including the 16 whose resignations are yet to be accepted. BJP has gone to the Supreme Court asking for an immediate floor test. Governor Lalji Tandon has twice asked the Chief Minister Kamal Nath to prove his majority, but the Congress has accused him of predetermining that the party is already in minority. Medical authorities in China have said that a drug used in Japan to treat new strains of influenza appeared to be effective in coronavirus patients. Zhang Xinmin, an official at China's Science and Technology Ministry, said Favipiravir, developed by a subsidiary of Fujifilm, had produced encouraging outcomes in clinical trials in Wuhan and Shenzhen involving 340 patients. He said it has a high degree of safety and it is clearly effective in treatment. Patients who were given the medicine in Shenzhen turned negative for the virus after a median of 4 days after becoming positive, compared with a median of 11 days for those who were not treated with the drug. In addition, x-rays confirmed improvements in lung condition in about 91% of the patients who were treated with favipiravir, compared to 62% of those without the drug. Fujifilm Toyama Chemical, which developed the drug, also known as Avigan in 2014, has declined to comment on the claims. Doctors in Japan are using the same drug in clinical studies on coronavirus patients with mild to moderate symptoms, hoping it will prevent the virus from multiplying in patients. But a Japanese health ministry source suggested that the drug was not as effective in people with more severe symptoms. Now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. Do watch the latest episode of TV Nuisance where Manisha looks at the coverage of the novel coronavirus and Z News's show on the imaginary types of jihad. Also, you must read Kanchan Srivastava's report on how UP plans to tackle coronavirus threat to Ayodhya Fair. The Adityanath government has banned large gatherings except in the holy city where over 10 lakh people are expected for the Ram Navmi Mela later this month. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. 
Don't forget to wash your hands and don't touch your face. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.